You know, once upon a time, <laughs> here's a story coming. Here's a story coming. <laughs> but once upon a time, there was a young woman. She had recently moved out. She was having her college experience. And uh, life wasn't quite going the way that she expected it to. She was experiencing some challenges in her life. Some of them felt very significant, as do our challenges, right? From our perspective, this is, this is what it's all, you know, this is what needs to be dealt with, right? And she didn't know what she was going to do or how she was going to, you know, pass through this, navigate it. And she really felt like giving up. And so she went to a place where she knew that she was safe. She went home. She went home. Not to the dorms, but she went home to see her father. And she wanted to get some comfort and support, and so she began to spell out to her father all of these things that were going wrong and how she was trying so hard, and it, and it just, things weren't working out right. And, and her father, who happened to be a chef, he said, you know, come with me, and he took her into the kitchen, and, and she figured that her father was going to talk to her and share his wisdom while he would prepare dinner for them. And so she sat watching, and and he's busy in the kitchen and he pulls out these three big pots and he, he's filling them up with water and putting it on the stove and she's thinking, well, this is a lot for, this is a lot for just the two of us. And soon the, the pots began, these pots of water began to boil. And in one pot, he placed carrots. And in the second pot of boiling water, he placed a dozen eggs. And in the last, the last pot of water, he placed some roasted coffee beans. And she's thinking, what sort of dinner are we going to have? <laughs> That's a lot of coffee. And she waited patiently until she became impatient. And it was almost about 20 minutes before he really began to, to look at her dresser as he's busy in the kitchen. And, and, and after 20 minutes had passed, he went ahead and turned off the burners and he fished the carrots out. And then he fished the eggs out of their pots and he ladled coffee out and he put it into a cup. And he turned to her and he says, well, what do you see here? What do you see? Well, I see carrots and eggs and coffee. And he brought her closer and he goes, here, I want you to taste this. And he went ahead and gave her a bite of the, the carrots. And, and the carrots were actually um, mushy. They were overdone, 20 minutes boiling these carrots. It was, they were pretty much ruined, they were tasteless. And then he asked her, well, here, try this egg. After he peeled the shell off it, here, try this egg. And, and she bit into a very, 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 very hard-boiled egg. Again, overdone, not, not um, quite edible. And he handed her a cup of coffee, and he said, here, take a sip of this. And she smiled as she tasted the rich flavor of the coffee. 
Now, she was confused by all this and not quite sure. Actually, she was probably even a little annoyed at this point. What does this, Dad, what does this have to do with what I was telling you about and all the problems I was having? I mean, it's, this is an interesting experiment, but I'm not quite getting it. Do you mind connecting the dots for me? I can relate to that. Sometimes the dots don't connect. I need someone to point it out to me. And he explained that the coffee, the eggs, the carrots, all faced the same severe adversity, the boiling water. But they each had a different reaction to the adversity. I mean, the carrot went in strong and tough. And in the face of the, the boiling water and the adversity, it became weak. It, it became too mushy. Now the egg, which when it started was fragile on the outside, it held together with that thin outer membrane and after being boiled, it became hard on the inside. What was soft became hard. But the roasted coffee beans, the coffee beans were unique. When they were boiled for 20 minutes, they didn't really change at all. They stayed true to what they were, but they changed the water. They changed the water. And he went on to ask his daughter, so, my lovely daughter, when adversity knocks on your door, as it is right now, how do you respond? You know, last week we talked about who do we say that we are. And this week, we're asked that the, as we're looking at blazing new trails and stepping into a newer way of being throughout this year, well, some of this, who are we in the face of adversity? Who are we? Are we like the carrot that seems strong and tough, but we wilt when we don't get things, you know, when things don't show up quite the way we like them to? Do we lose our strength or, or are we like the egg? Are we like the egg that, which starts off that soft and fluid sensor, but challenged? We may look the same, but something became hardened on the inside. We lost something, our softness. Or are we like the coffee bean that doesn't change and we stay true to who we are? What the father told his daughter after this, he, he said, you know, the best comfort and advice I can give you is to be like the coffee bean. Be like the coffee bean. You're wondering what this has to do with your situation? Is that when things are at their worst, remember who you are. Stay true to your nature. And you, instead of being changed, you will change the world around you. You know, this month, our focus in Blazing New Trails is about our inner life. About our inner life. You know, our, the perspective, our self-image. Our self-image. Who is it? Maxwell. Maxwell Maltz. Dr. Maxwell Maltz in Psycho-Cybernetics. 
He talks about how we can never rise above our self-image, who we say that we are. That will always win out. <laughs> There's a reason why we can go to the gym after a long time of not going. And maybe we might even have an identity of, you know, I don't really work out. And, but I'm going to try. I'm going I'm I'm to try. I'm going to do it. And we can force ourselves and, and to, into a new routine, which is totally different than how we've imagined ourselves and know ourselves to be up till then. And, and then something happens and boom, we're back to the way we were. It wasn't the problem with the gym, it's that we hadn't changed who we said we were. And we hadn't really examined what we would do in the face of adversity or when times got difficult or rough. And this morning, I want us to reflect on this. We're stepping into new ways of being. And I'm not even talking about, you know, six months from now. It could be what's going on in our life right now. The challenge that you may be facing in your life right now. Who are you? How are you showing up in the face of this? Because we get to choose. That's the thing. The egg, the carrot, and the bean, the coffee bean, they didn't have a choice. We have a choice. We have a choice. And when spiritual living, and that's what we aim to do, as a center for spiritual living, we aim to live a spiritual life. What is that? that one that is conscious. One that is conscious. One that is on purpose. One that is intentional. One that, that, is, that, is, that lives from our heart, where we're living from our heart, where love is pointing the way. Where we're standing in our wholeness, knowing that we are whole, that we are holy, and that those around us, even though it may not look like it, they are holy too. <laughs> If oneness is the truth, those who may not look so holy, well, <laughs> you know, they say that our world is our mirror. What are you noticing in the mirror? <laughs> this morning, I want to offer three ideas from this story that can support us in, in being the coffee bean. And in, in remaining true to we, who we are. And so the first one, the first idea that I want to um, touch on briefly is, is wherever we stop, wherever we stop is where we end up. That may sound very simple, but it's, it's profound. If you think about it, wherever we stop is where we end up. There's a verse from the Bible that's in Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Well, what, what? What? Just man falleth down and riseth up again. You know, if you look at a baby who is learning how to stand and to walk, they learn by falling down. They learn how to walk by falling down. But there's also another part to that. They get back up. It's the getting back up. Because if the baby did not get back up, even after falling down, if the baby, oh no, this is too hard. <laughs> Do you know, and I think, you know, and thank God 
thank God that, you know, that, you know, as adults, we lose some of that. You know, the baby will just keep on and keep on and get it up and falling down, get up. And, and, and as human beings, we learn after two tries, okay, that's enough. I'm just going to crawl my way out of here. The baby would never learn to walk if, 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 if the baby did not get up again. You know, I remember my mother always, oh, she used to drive us crazy with this. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And there's more verses to that poem. You can look it up. And my mother knew them all. And, um, but if we stop where we're at, that's where we ended up. That's as far as it's going to, that's as far as we're going to go. Giving up are not the words of the coffee bean. <laughs> it's not in the vocabulary of those who blaze new trails, who step into a new way of being. Robert Schuller wrote this. He says, when faced with a mountain, I will not quit. I will keep on striving until I climb over, find a pass through, tunnel underneath, or simply stay and with God's help, turn my mountain into a miracle. I will not be changed. I will not be changed by the circumstances around me except those changes that support me in stepping through this into my greatest and highest good. That's the first key to keep on keeping on, is to keep on, to keep on, to never quit, never give up, because where you stop is where you stay. And this morning, dear ones, if you're in a place that doesn't feel so good, don't stop. You may be hurting, it may be difficult, it may feel hard, but the life that is in you, the life that is in you is calling you forward. And if we stop, it's not gonna change. We have to keep on keeping on. The second idea to support us in keeping on is Every experience we have in our lives has the opportunity within it, the seed within it, to be a profound wake-up call. There is a gift. My teacher, Dr. David Leonard, he, he used to say this all the time, what is the gift in this? What is the gift? I've got, and you know, my mother saying, you know, try, try again, and Dr. David saying, what's the gift in this? What is the gift? And what are we waking up to? What are we waking up to in, the, in adversity? What we have the opportunity to wake up to is who we really are, to what we're made of. We have an opportunity to awaken and discover what is really our essence. Who, who are we in the face of these circumstances? Dr. Ernest Holmes wrote in The Science of Mind, he said, we should not despise apparent failures, the temporary chagrins of life, for they are salutary, meaning they're good. They're good. Those failures are good. Why? 
leading the soul to the inner Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. When the experience is complete, the lesson will be learned and we shall enter the paradise of contentment. Our problems, what is in the way, is the way. That's what Dr. David meant when there's a gift in this. What is here is revealing to me the, the blocks and the limits in my own thinking. What is in front of me is the way leading me to a, the, a larger part of me that is seeking to move through this. And up till now, I've never been this way before. And it may feel hard and difficult to move past this and through this because I've never been here before. But the life that is in me is greater than this. And this is why it feels hard. This is why it feels difficult because... Because there is something larger that is trying to emerge through us. And we'll never see it if we don't keep on keeping on. And so when we experience difficulties or struggles, who am I? What do I need in this? What is seeking to emerge? What is love? What is love? seeking to demonstrate through me and the world in this situation. Now, I realize there are times, it's like, where's my stuff? I've been keeping on. I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do. You know, I, I have been, I've been doing my spiritual mind treatments. I've been doing my affirmations. I've been reading. I've been studying. I've been doing, I've even been tithing. <laughs> And where's my stuff? Why hasn't it changed yet? You know, when we can see that every experience we have had in the past and every one that we are now having, whether we label them good or bad, as a place for us to reconnect to source within us, to connect to that source within us and let it in us move us and reveal the path forward. Then the lesson can be learned. Then we can experience the paradise. You know, during the winter, trees grow the most, at least underground. You know, without, with, the summer depends on the winter. There is ebb and flow in our lives. And so while we may be, oh, where's my stuff? Where is it? It's not here yet. What we need to remember and realize is that there's something greater at work. But ours is to do what ours is to do. The third principle for us to keep on keeping on is our most profound change comes when we hold fast to truth, especially when we're not seeing the results. And I know all of us have been there. We may be there now. <laughs> in certain circumstances in our society, <laughs> 
and in our culture. I thought, we were, I thought we were past this. I thought we had grown. I thought that we had evolved. What about, what about all of this personal and spiritual evolution and we're still dealing with these same issues in society? <laughs> Doesn't mean to give up. We keep on trusting and knowing that spirit is working it out. You know, during the winter versus the summer, in the winters of our lives, in the times we're feeling adversity, when the times we feel like things are not happening in, in the, the way and time that we would like them to, you know, what do we do during the winter? Yeah, we, we go inside, don't we? During the summer, we're out there and about, especially here. I've learned this since being here. Three years, I've learned that when summer comes, you take advantage of it, you enjoy it each and every minute. You soak it up. That's not a time for indoors. But in the winter, in the face of adversity, when things appear to not be working out, and it feels like winter, that's a time that we go with that. It's a time for introspection and for us to grow. You know, there's a strain of bamboo, and you may already be familiar with this, but there's a strain of bamboo that it takes five years for it to grow. Five years. And, and that's actually not even five years for it to grow. That's five years for it to put its little green leaves above the top of the soil, for it to actually sprout where you can see it. Do you know this? The person who's watering that seed for five years, they were diligent, weren't they? <laughs> Dedicated. <laughs> but when that little bamboo finally starts to show, it can grow 90 feet in six weeks. To keep on keeping on. To keep on keeping on. Is that is for us to hold on to the truth. Hold on. Especially when we don't see the results. You know, spiritual principles must become a part of our life. Because we if we were to live just by, you know, to live by sight, by what we could see. That's very limiting. It's very limiting to only live by what you're able to see and what your senses can tell you. You know, because I'm unable, I'm unable to see through walls. I can't see around corners. But you know, the life that is in me, it is guiding me and leading me because it is connected to all parts of my life. It's drawing everything into our experience that is ours. It's coalescing and, and bringing the, all of those parts together. But we can't have the peace of mind or the serenity that comes from knowing that without knowing it, without practicing it. This is why we study. This is why we read spiritual literature by, by masters, those who have gone the way before, those who've demonstrated demonstrated enlightenment, embodying light, 
and sharing it with the world is so that when times are dark for us, then we can keep on keeping on. So today, my friends, let's do exactly that. Let's not stop on our quest to have a consciousness of wholeness. We were singing that, I am holy, holy, holy. And this is not holy in some way to, to, that is the, to, to set us apart from, from others. It is being grounded in the truth of who we are, that we are whole, not lacking in anything. We live in a friendly universe. I'll tell you what, I have to remind, I remind myself of that every day. There is nothing and no one against us. Nothing and no one against us. And do you know when I have to remind myself of that most, I mean, most diligently or most loudly is when it feels like there are those who may be against me or life's not working out my way. And there are those times. We all have it. But we get to choose. We get to choose whether we're going to be like the carrot and get mushy and be strong in the face and, oh, it's too hard. Or lose some of our humanity by becoming cynical, skeptical, even bitter. That's the boiled egg or remaining steadfast in alignment with who we are, the truth of who we are. We are, we are, what did we, what did we sing last week? Powerful, creative, spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings come here to have a spiritual experience in form. And we get to choose. What are we choosing today? With God, all things are possible. There's an affirmation that I'd like to share with you. We've been looking at an affirmation each week, and here's one I want to offer you to work with this week to treat your minds, to affirm and declare for yourself. And this is some wording that I use in my own everyday treatments. But the affirmation is, the life of God in me impels me into right action. I keep on keeping on. Impels means to move, to move. So hold on, right? Hold on and let spirit move you. The life of God in me impels me into right action. I keep on keeping on. Say that with me. The life of God in me impels me into right action. I keep on keeping on. And so it is.